In this conversation, Ian and I talk through some of the statistics that stood out to us the most this year, and you need to know about them. Let's do this. You're listening to the Reach Right Podcast, the show dedicated to helping your church reach more people and grow. Hey guys, I'm Thomas. And I'm Ian. And today we are talking about church statistics for 2024. Each year, we do an episode just like this where... Uh, we kind of take a look at a, uh, a few church statistics. Ian and I come up uh, not knowing what the other one is thinking about. Yeah. And we do some of our own research and have three church statistics each that really shocked or surprised or we found really profound. And we're going to try and... Uh, or interesting, <laughs> profound, interesting. I think it's in the same vein, yeah. But yeah, we're going to yeah. try and uh, share those with each other. And uh, maybe we found the same ones. That could be possible, yeah. I suppose. But uh, we're going to dig in and share the, the three stats each that we felt most moved by and wanted to share with you, our Reach Right family here. So it should be a good conversation. We've done this, I think, uh, five years in a row now. So you want to take a look at some of the past episodes. And and honestly, I love statistics. Uh, You know, we were joking on one of our other podcasts about how you love doing uh, podcasts and posts on email lists and everything. But uh, church stats kind of do it for me. And and I think one of the reasons why is because I consult with churches on a daily basis and you know, part of uh, how we help churches with growth and everything, statistics play a big yeah. role in that. And I think where it'll be helpful to to our the churches that follow us and listeners that uh, that, that tune in is is to kind of help them have a good, healthy perspective of where the church is as a whole in general, yeah. and kind of helps you make decisions and do those types of things in ministry. Yeah, I, I didn't come in armed with a statistic on this, but I think there probably are some statistics about how many people like statistics, because I think that <laughs> yeah. everybody is in that same boat. Like, I, I feel the yeah. same way. I'm always intrigued. Yeah. And I think that it's, again, I don't have a stat for you on this, but I think it's yeah. always a good thing to work into uh, into sermons. If you have statistics, yeah. that's always yeah. something that will grab someone's attention. It's a great yeah. thing to work into blog posts or any kind of social content you're putting out there. We yeah. know we do this because this is one of our most viewed podcast episodes of the year, typically, because yeah. you like us, you probably like church statistics. So, yeah. um, so we'll, we won't hold back on the statistics anymore. We'll get right into them. Now we've talked enough yeah. about, talked about talking about statistics. So let's get into yeah. it. Uh, do you want to go first, Ian? Sure, I'll go first. Go and I chose this one, uh, fast growth for multi-campus churches. So multi-campus churches are growing fast. Now, I kind of wasn't surprised by this statistic, but uh, a little bit. It was interesting to me because, first of all, I'm a part of a multi-campus church. Uh, my church does uh, the one church, many locations model. And what this statistic says here is churches with more identical campuses have experienced attendance growth of 25% compared to attendance one year ago. That's a big deal, 25% in a year. Um, That that these types of churches with identical campuses compared to churches with autonomous campuses Hmm. have only grown by 13%. So in other words, churches with identical campuses are growing twice as fast as churches with autonomous ones. And we... You know, we run into uh, churches that that have both of these approaches. We work with multi-campus churches that have the one church, several locations model, and then some yep. that they they have a church with different autonomous locations. So, right. And I think one thing that maybe makes sense to me, Thomas, and you can weigh in on this, is that I think that uh, churches with identical campuses, the one church, 
seven locations, they just kind of have more of an organized structure. You know, it's yep. it's one it's one pastor doing the majority of the preaching. You know, it's it's the same kids program at that other campus. It's the same brand. Right. It's the same message being communicated. Whereas I think autonomous ones, nothing wrong with. Uh, that as well, if that's if that's what God has led you to do with your multi-campus approach. But there's a little more variance there as far as, you know, uh, not only just speakers, but how it's led and different maybe visions and missions of those autonomous churches that are that vary a bit. So that kind of made sense to me, I guess. Yeah, I, it makes sense to me too. I think that... Um... I think that it's probably easier for people in some ways to wrap their head around autonomous campuses. I think that the whole one church, many locations model, you know, this is stuff we dive into with churches when we're doing yeah. uh, digital marketing or website uh, projects with them. We kind of have to ask a lot of questions around this because there's so many different multi-site models that are out there. Yeah. But it makes sense to me because I think that with the identical campuses, what that usually means is that they have a central office of some kind and each campus isn't having to use resources and time and people's work to be able yeah. to create a lot of the stuff that you can have one person do for all of the campuses. So what yeah. that means, I think, is it just gives you more time to focus on the work of ministry and what actually has to happen and actually boots on the ground and doing that yep. work and not administrative type thing. So uh, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Uh, that's a surprising um Surprising amount, like I, I would have thought right. it might have been a few points in difference, but to be right. growing twice as fast, I think is what that means between thirteen and twenty five percent. Pretty, pretty surprising in that way, I'd say. That was so, the surprising yeah. part for me. Yep, yep, good so. one. Uh, your church multi site is it a? Do they are the campuses? Where are they on that spectrum? At your church, yeah. Other than our, well, we have a campus in Italy, so they uh -huh. obviously have. They are a little more. They're under us, uh, our brand and everything, but they're a little more autonomous, just obviously being in a different country. Yeah. But the other uh, ones that are in our region, you know, south. I'm north of Austin, as you know, in Austin, Texas, yep. we have a South Austin. We have a Leander, which is another t town outside of Austin. Hmm. Those are all very, um, it, it, we are very one church, many locations type uh, model. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. part of a church that was part of an autonomous campus and is no longer. I think that's another thing about autonomous campuses is they're more likely to probably like, the word's not split, but maybe, you know, yeah. multiply out from yep. that. And that's usually the goal a lot of times is that they want to, yeah. these are churches that want to plant new churches and, uh, you know, start around. new works in different places. And yeah. it's easier usually to do that when it's more of an autonomous model yep. as opposed to the uh, one church, multiple locations model that way. So anyway, good stuff, Ian. That's a good one. Uh, here's mine. Um, it's uh, from Pew Research. They found that the average church giving by adults who attend U.S. Protestant churches is, drum roll, $17 a week is how much the average person gives. Um, so I did some other research on top of that, and I'll kind of break this down for you. Uh, $59,000 is the average adult salary. That's not household income, but salary yeah. is $59,000 a year. So you break all that down. Here's what that means, is that the average person who is a attend a regular attender. This isn't just the average in society. The average regular attender at a Protestant church gives 1.5% of their total income uh, mm. to the church, the things that they make from their job towards the church. Uh, so You chose a sad one. Yes. I did, I suppose. Uh, so that's <laughs> yeah. sad to me. 
Yeah. Um, it's no secret that we are uh, tithing is something that I believe in. I teach. Yeah. I practice. It's been transformational in my life. Yeah, um, you know, same. I don't necessarily think that people that don't believe in tithing aren't going to heaven or something like that, but I just, right. I, I, I read in scripture and I see that, uh, as I see it, something that is clearly taught in scripture as I read it. But yeah. regardless, I mean, even those that argue against like a biblical mandate towards tithing, all of them would point to a new Testament model where people are pretty clearly giving more than 10% uh, of their income. They're they're trying to give everything they had and laid it at the apostles' feet, it talks about. So mm. yeah, to hear that the number of... Uh, if you took the whole population, like this is what the average American gives towards churches, yeah. I would have believed something like 1.5%. That sounds about right. But to hear yeah. that average of U.S. Protestant attending people... Um, yeah. like to see that number, um, eh, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, I get it. It's, we have yeah. our work cut out for us. Right. And it's not even yeah. for us yeah. necessarily as, you know, yeah, yeah. for us at retry doesn't really, we don't yeah, play yeah. a part in that at all, but I know just for us as churches, yeah, it's sad to hear it. But I just think for individuals, like when, when you don't have this basis in your life of generosity and giving and tithing, yeah. um, I think it just really costs you. You're missing out on yeah. a huge benefit that God has for us if we yeah, don't practice those growth. things. And that's not, again, so let me just say as a disclaimer, you know, I, I'm sure there are people that that is extravagant giving for them because they're so destitute that, you know, the, the $17, again, there's many people, maybe $17 is a tithe. Maybe you make $170 a week. I don't know what your circumstance is. Maybe you're listening to this overseas and that seems like that's a, a very generous gift. I just know sure. that for averages here in the US, yeah. that is well under what I would expect and yeah. I want the best for people. Uh, so that's my thinking Same. on it. No, that's good. And I think, I think that I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but it is yeah. disappointing. You're right. Uh, but I, but I'm, I'm kind of not surprised by that number just based on the stigma of giving in churches and, and the list goes on and on there that we don't have time to get into. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully something that most certainly improves. I'd like to see next year that change <laughs> if yeah. possible. So, but, uh, well, good. I did not choose that one, Thomas, but the next one that I chose is also kind of a sad one, uh, that Americans who claim Christianity, uh, is probably going to decline. Uh, and, and it, it, this hmm. says may decline, but it seems like they, it will. So looking Past 2024, Pew Research predicts the number of Americans identifying as Christian could fall below 50% hmm. over the next few decades, over the next few decades. Currently, 64% of Americans identify as Christian. The most recent religious census also showed the number of independent, non-denominational Christian churches growing uh, hmm. from 2010 to 2020. So I'm not... I'm not uh, uh, surprised about that last piece of that stat about the the, the independent or non-denominational churches seeing growth, but but just the the fact that it could fall based on this, you know, between below fifty percent, yeah, it's kind of alarming. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too. I think that that's uh, it. It makes sense. I think things are trending. We're becoming a post-Christian country here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think if you Culture. look at our trajectory, we are a lot like. We're kind of a, a few years behind or maybe a few decades behind where Europe is in those areas. Mm. Although I will think, I, I do think that this is more in in what people identify themselves as. Yeah. Um, I, my fam, my wife and I just came back from Italy. Um, we did like a 20 year anniversary trip. Uh, yeah. And while 
I didn't see like a thriving um, evangelical presence there. I'm sure that there are some great evangelical churches, but it's certainly not the majority. Um, to like, I, you ask a typical Italian, very few would tell you I'm not a Christian. Um, there's yeah. still uh, the evidence of that is everywhere. It's part of their identity, and almost like it's it's like saying I'm Italian and I am Christian. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. So um, I I think that that's a distinction, though. Lots of yeah. Europe is that way. While they maybe don't have anything that resembles what it would look like to to walk in Christ uh, in their lives, they still yeah. would identify that as kind of their heritage and who they are. And if yeah. they were to choose a faith, it would be Christianity and not something else. In the yeah. U.S., I think that we have much more openness towards just, uh, you know, just kind of pushing back on this. I just don't believe in anything or, right. you know, a we have always had this uh, sense of like rebellion, right? That's kind yeah. of what we are as Americans is that we we are able to go our own way. We don't mind standing yeah. out and we're more likely than most to go a, a different way from our parents when it comes to our faith. So yeah, so I, um, I think it's yeah, interesting, uh, sad again, but you want some yeah. more sadness? I got another one. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Uh, the next one is about clergy discontent. Uh, ah. And so listen to this. Um, this is the percentages of people, uh, two different stats here. Uh, these are both from the uh, Hartford Institute uh, for Religious Research. Uh, the percentage of pastors that considered leaving their congregation that they're at. Uh, so uh, in 2021... 79% of pastors said they never considered it. They'd never, they've never considered it in that year in 2021. Yeah. In 2023, yeah. 62% said that they never considered it. So uh, nine, uh, I'm sorry, a 17% a increase, I guess you're gonna give it that way, in the number of pastors that are considering leaving their churches. Even worse, mm. here's what they yeah. said about pastors who seriously considered leaving the ministry altogether in 2021. And mind you, 2021, that's like yeah. peak, like pandemic, all the yeah. things that were like, things were Political, really tough. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the politics that went with it, all that stuff yeah. was just, it was a really hard time to be in ministry in 2021. Yes. Uh, in 2021, 63% of pastors said they never considered leaving ministry altogether versus in 2023, 49, only 49% of pastors said in 2023, they never considered living, leaving ministry. So that means that over half of all yeah. pastors put some consideration and there's different yeah. levels of consideration, right, right. Of it, but they put at least some serious consideration into leaving the ministry altogether. Mm. Um, that's, uh, it, it's, here's what was surprising to me is that I'm not surprised that the number is high, but I'm surprised that it has gotten so much higher really in a post pandemic world uh, right. where, you know, at the toughest time it was actually lower right. than it is right now, which is really right. something that is um, ah, it's just scary, uh, scary to think about. So it is. thoughts? It is. No, I mean, yeah, it is scary to think about. I think that, you know, we need our pastors. We want pastors. Yeah. We, we need leadership within the body of Christ. And so um, we would encourage pastors to, well, of, co of course you do what the Lord calls you to do. And there are seasons, I think maybe to, to step away or to change. Uh, I mean, we always should be active in our calling, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, one of the things just like how church attendance um, declined through the pandemic and how churches are, I guess, still only back at 60%. I think mm -hmm. 
one of the things the pandemic did, since we're talking around these years, was it did this kind of sifting. You kind of you kind of found where people's faith was really at, if they returned or not, or how engaged they were after the pandemic. I think the yeah. same is kind of being identified for pastors. Like through that, through all of the stuff we've gone through in the last few years, yeah, there's been more challenge. And so I'm kind of, in a way, not surprised. It's still alarming, but uh, that, yeah. that, that pastors are considering that. And, and here's, here's the other my, thing. Uh, I would say one more thing. Yeah, I talk to pastors on a daily basis. You know, yeah. I consult with them. And thankfully, you know, uh, just with what we do and, and, and we consider what we do ministry as well, even though we are a company, you know, in building rapport and trust with other, with other pastors, they do open up on some of these challenges and frustrations. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, most of them have never directly told me they're considering leaving, but uh, matter of fact, yesterday I did have a church saying, <laughs> a pastor saying, if this church gives me the boot because of all of the changes I'm trying to make here, I'm still going to, I'm going to still continue in ministry, but it just won't be at the church level. So, yeah. you know, I do hear some of these things, but yeah. So, yeah. So if I had to posit a guess, I, and again, I, I, we don't have any data to say why okay. this is exactly, Yeah. I, I just know that it'd be hard to be a pastor. Um, and I think in 2021 that there was still a hope of a bounce back. And I think yeah. there's a lot, especially on the smaller end of churches, there's right, a lot of right. churches that just never really recovered. So you have these pastors yeah. that, that yeah, you know, in the 2010 to 2020, they were just yeah. working hard and, you know, fighting yeah. for every little soul, every, every little bit yeah. of growth, every soul that's coming yeah. to Christ. Yeah. They're fighting for that. And then to see, you know, in an instant, you know, there's no meeting for a few weeks for a lot of churches. Yeah. And then, you know, for a year or two, it's a couple, you know, there's half the people yeah. were coming to church. And now that they're still back down at that level, and then yeah. that leads to different, all kinds yeah. of challenges and, you yeah. know, things like, you know, we don't have as many people coming, so we don't have as much in our finances and yeah. we have to let people go on staff. We have to take pay right. cuts. There's all kinds of challenges that come with it. So um, that'd be my guess. You know, it's kind of the reality is setting in, not that, I guess the reality reality that this is now what is normal um, and it's not going to go back to what it was before. Um, yeah. I think that might be disheartening for a lot of people. And anecdotally um, I know so many pastors uh, as friends and as, uh, as customers and people that are in my yeah. life that I do hear this all the time. I know that yeah. see, when people are being candid with me and we have a relationship, I do hear this from so many ministers and that's just something that breaks my heart. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, do you have more bad news or is it good news now? I just realized I feel bad because I have more bad news. Uh, I'll and, end with good news. I have good news at the okay, end. Okay, so good, you go good. That means we probably have not. And you know what? This is cool that we didn't choose the same stats. We have chosen the same ones in, in, uh, in years past. So this one is that reasons people don't attend church. So it's kind of, it's a good segue from the one you just shared, Thomas. Yeah. But 9% of people attributed their declining Health is a reason that they're hmm. not attending church. That's hmm. okay. And then while 18% claim, uh, claim that sermons weren't engaging enough. <laughs> so, wow. and then, uh, and then 23% simply couldn't find a church that was right for them. Um, so these are the reasons. Um, and so I guess, you know, it's, I guess this one is, isn't as sad as some of the others, but it's, it's still just kind of, it's it's interesting just uh, yeah. what people are saying as far as the reasons I, and it, and I don't know I think you know what people say saying these reasons may 
There might be some part of uh, them telling the truth, but I think it's, it's probably something a little bit deeper than just, oh, I couldn't find the right church. The sermons weren't engaging, um, you know, so. Yeah, so, so the three reasons they gave are declining health, um, yeah. bad sermons, uh, and um, just couldn't find one that I fit in at. Is that right? Those yeah, are the three that, that yeah, they studied? You, you got it. Now, the first one I can kind of understand if you're if it's someone who's homebound, an older senior, someone who really can't get around they might be more inclined to just you know watch online or whatever so but the other two were unless your sermons seen. aren't engaging in which they'd be less likely to watch online probably so well, and i'm not sure you. if these stats include <laughs> online uh watching or what it yeah. is it's probably right. not but probably yeah not. um it's interesting to hear some of those reasons i mean the, the last yeah. one i don't know what to do with like i can't find a church that fits me um that's <laughs> I, I you know what it's it's um that's actually something that is not surprising because I think that that's yeah. the, the, like, is there, there's not a, any more like consumerist statement than that, right? Like that yeah, it, right. I need, that we're so used to in our world, everything being tailored for exactly my preferences. I think right. that that's probably a political statement for a lot of people is that, yeah. you know, I, uh, I tend to be more one way politically and the church right. I've been a fam part of and my family's been a part of is the other way politically. It right. seems like you kind of, uh, or I know for me, like there were people within our church on both sides of me that were looking yeah. for our church to make statements on their political hobby horse. And yeah. we just weren't going to do that unless we really felt called by the Lord to make specific statements. So, yeah, yeah. So I see that. I think it's just, but that's, it's sad in that it kind of highlights the consumer nature. So does the sermon one, right? Like it's like, yeah, if I, right. I, I don't get it, I don't like it enough to, to hear it. Like you can't yeah. imagine um, a time when, you know, when there's one church in each city, like in, um, like Paul writes to individual churches in yeah, Ephesus right. or in Corinth, yeah. like yeah. say, oh, I'm not going to be a part of this church. The sermons just aren't engaging and <laughs> I can't find the one that fits me. Like the, right, the, right. The, the church in Corinth didn't fit anybody. It was a terrible yeah. church. There were all kinds <laughs> yeah. of problems there. Yeah. Uh, right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So it's just interesting to, to see it that. Um, but. Yep. All right. Last one. I kind of did a two for one. I chose uh, two different stats, but I think they explain each other. So, there's, um, and this isn't bad, uh, but I just want to sit it out here. The average pastor age in 2023, uh, yeah. according to Zipia, is 51 years old. Yeah. I don't have the number in front of me, but I know that it was much younger historically. Um, so 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the average age of a pastor was much younger than 51 years old. 51 years old is very old for any profession uh, that's yeah. out there to be the average. Um, so I'm not saying 51 right. is necessarily, it's not like you shouldn't be, <laughs> obviously you're still able to, to be in yeah. ministry and be working at 51. I'm just saying if the average age is 51 years old, that means there's probably twice, there's an equal amount of people older than 51 and under 51 that are in right. pastoral ministry. So that is something that is not necessarily bad, but it's just something that we need to know for the future that right. there will be an impending mass. I mean, there just there'll be lots of openings uh, in ministry over there the next go. 20 years because half of all pastors will probably look to or would like to retire in the next 20 years or so. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, with that being said, um, here's the good news part of it. Christian universities... Uh, they're experiencing all time their highest growth in enrollment in history. And this is from wow. Christianity Today. Uh, they found that 11 of the largest evangelical colleges and universities have announced record enrollment for this fall. So this fall that we're wow. in right now in That's 2020. That's surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, so this, the semester that kind of just ended or is ending now, um, yeah. that they have the highest enrollment. Yeah, it was surprising to me too, uh, because you know you feel like it's you know you you feel like there's less younger. You feel like uh, it's waning, right? And yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I was really um, encouraged to hear this. So it's so funny. Um, I just spoke to a younger. I just spoke to a younger pastor. Well, he was he was coming on staff at a church, but he was in sim. He was finishing up seminary still, and hmm. he was younger. You know, he was probably what early twenties, and I commended him because I said it seems like there are less people going into the ministry, and and he acknowledged that, and so I kind of yeah. commended him for for doing that, and uh, so it's, that's why I'm surprised too. It was funny, right? So. And there's all kinds of issues with this. I mean, I know that sadly, so many um, you know pastors are graduating college now with student debt, and that's just yeah. I can't imagine this. That that's that's uh, life changing to have. Um, yeah. I was just looking at my alma mater that I went to. Um, it was uh, Life Pacific College is the name of it now. Yeah. Um, it was $10,000 a year to go when I went, and I got scholarships yeah. for almost all of that. And yeah. now it's you know over $26,000 a year is what it costs yeah. to go to that same school. So if someone's going primarily on loans, they're graduating with $100,000 in student debt. And yeah. oh my goodness, yeah. it's just something that is... Um, it's it's crazy to think about some of those kinds of numbers, but I think all in all, uh, I think that our opportunity out there, there is going to have to be a mass uh, retirement that's coming up here. Yeah. Um, and this is all this is not uncommon. All of our statistics seem to show this. I think pastoral yeah. ministry is the kind of job that people can hang on to for longer in their life. You know, if you're a yeah. drywaller, it's hard to do that in your seventies. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, there's yeah. plenty of people that are great pastors in their 70s yeah. or maybe even into their 80s. Uh, that can still happen. Uh, so you only have to stand for about 20, 30 minutes on a Sunday. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's the whole job. Uh, yeah, just 20 so. or 30 minutes. But no, but I think that there will be a just it's inevitable that baby boomers uh, who are most yeah. of uh, a lot of this age group, some Gen Xers yeah. are in that. Uh, but yeah. um they are looking now to move into that retirement season of their life, yeah. or at least stepping back from uh, doing ministry as aggressively as they were doing it. So to yeah. hear that we have a crop of young people rising to the call, I think is really awesome. So if you're in yeah. the young Absolutely. clan uh, that uh, is listening to this, our average Kudos. age on this podcast, I just looked at these stats the other day. Uh, the average age is uh, 28 years old, the people that are listening to this uh, and watching this Retrite podcast. Uh, so yeah, you it. probably are maybe a recent graduate or if you're in that camp that's learning to be better uh, in these things. Um, yep. Hopefully this is uh, an encouragement to you. Thank you for what you're doing. You're going to answer the yep. call and lead uh, the next generation to the kingdom. So Absolutely. good stuff. Uh, that's a good one to, to end on. Up, Ian? <laughs> that's a good one to end on. Positive. Yeah. A positive note, stats can sometimes be depressing, but they're very telling. And I think that they also, even the sad ones, they they help us make adjustments, right? And they yep. help us to plan and do things maybe differently. And uh, it's just good to have that kind of wisdom uh, to to run your church. So we hope that yeah. this has uh, provided that for some pastors and ministry leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be one of those people that doesn't get on your bathroom scale because you don't like to have to deal with whatever it says. You look at these kinds of things and say, Hey, this is where we're at. And let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's act accordingly. Let's move on. That's and right. yeah, hopefully this has been helpful to you. If it has, it would mean a lot to us. If you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment down below. Um, we're actually releasing at the same time as this episode, we usually release a blog post that has the 30 most important stats you need to know for the year. So take a look at that. We'll put a link to that down in the description. Um, yep. So drop us a, a comment if you've seen any new stats recently that really stood out to you. Uh, thanks for being part of the Retried family and we'll catch you next time.
See ya.